Okay. Excellent. Recording has started. Episode one of We're Not Sure What We're Doing has begun. Um, first of all, nobody knows what they're doing. And if they do, <laughs> they're lying. Um, that's what faith is for. And what? Be my ex and the best people we know isn't a good enough podcast title for I, I think it's excellent. <laughs> and for anybody that might be listening, uh, my ex-wife, Rachel, is apparently in the bathtub right now. And her home in Houston, Texas. Is this this is correct, right? Yes. True facts. And you, Grant Hoyer, my ex-husband, are in your parents' dining room table in I am Iowa wait for it small town small town Iowa yeah that's probably acceptable for most of the audience um I am cat sitting for my parents the Durant proper Durant Iowa yeah home of the wildcats that's where I'm at eat them up I don't know yeah not that these two cats that I'm taking care of are all that wild, but uh, the, the mascot is the Wildcats, so, or are the Wildcats? I don't know. Well, we'll edit that out in post. Nobody wants to know about your cats? Probably. Um, unless they come on video. Let's make a pact about that. Let's, I, you know, my thought is we'll see if we can conquer audio, uh, and then we will uh, up, upgrade ourselves to video for the the lovely souls that have envisioned what we look like at my parents' dining room table and in the bathtub. That will be like the payoff, right? Maybe every week we'll just tease or every episode we'll, we'll just tease that eventually you're going to see us. Sure. Until you see us. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, just to really appreciate where I am in space and time. A lovely two-bedroom condo, just one mile from the Astrodome in NRG, uh, where the Texan flight, where Selena performed, where Beyonce will be uh, this time next month, and where I had tickets to see Lizzo during the Houston Rodeo on May 13th, 2020. Rest wow, okay. That is quite uh, quite the setting, quite the introduction for uh, H-Town there. It's true. It's just a mile down the road. So if you ever want to come visit, do it now because the lease is up at the end of the month. But... <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, currently it's a... Uh... It's a mon it's a Monday evening, and I'm a, I'm a burned out brewer that uh, has not gotten a new job yet. So uh, my my travel abilities are both quite high and quite low, depending on how I look at it. But uh, yeah, I'm having a good time here in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. I was just working on the new food pantry we're starting up here in Durant, Iowa, with my buddy Justin. So that's exciting. Um, people just keep giving us freezers. So, yeah, if you ever need a freezer, uh, you should just say you're starting a food pantry and then you will have all the freezers. I mean, 
I'm all for starting up food pantries. Interesting way to get a freezer. Not bad, <laughs> though, if you think about it. If you're in the market for a freezer, you might as well. It's a sort of I, like... Yeah. I, literally, the lady we were talking to today that gave us the freezer, um, she's moving to an assisted living place and she needed to get rid of it. It's a really nice freezer, but she she was saying, I just I couldn't find anybody to, any way to get rid of it. And I was like, funny enough, as a brewer, next time you find yourself needing to get rid of a freezer, you just go onto the home brewing forums and boom, that freezer will be gone. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll homebrew at the pantry. Who knows? The world could get weird. The world could get weird. You know, is it important to uh, create the future you want to see? So the weirder the better. I mean, <laughs> liberate your imagination to the best you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that McAfee's going to give me ads in the middle of uh, in the middle of our wayward podcast here. Oh. Wow. Well, so what are we? Are we trauma and treats? Is that, uh, are we trauma and treats? Are we, you said my ex is already taken, right? Uh, yes. Is that a thing? Is there right. a cease and desist in the world of podcasts? So. Shout out to them. Uh, people who used to kiss each other, but no longer kiss each other, making a podcast. That is how they describe themselves. Um, but it is spelled with an E-X. And I clearly want to jump on the Elon Musk bandwagon for the entire audience. If you are into Elon Musk, I am into you. Absolutely. This is who I'm looking for. Elon Musk. So it's my ex with like just the letter and me because grammar is, I mean, ever evolving. So I think sure. me and my ex rolls off the tongue. Me, my ex, and the best people we know makes guests feel, uh, you know, celebrated rightly because we do know some amazing people who've done some amazing things and for the sake of spray painting a rail car to say i was here amongst all of this in texas in the 20s or iowa in your safe gun haven state you know all around the country we have people um who are doing incredible stuff so why not let them come and sing to the water and say, I'm here too. No, that, uh, that sounds great. You know, it's, it's funny. I, um, I feel like in so many areas of my life, I'm always the ambitious one, but I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm always, I'm always when it's you and I, I'm always, the, I'm trying to be the least ambitious. I'm like, well, let's, let's make sure the audio quality is all right. You know, like, Maybe the bathtub's not ideal for this project. You know, in all the YouTube videos I watched on audio quality, no one was like, hey, fire up the bubble bath. <laughs> now, I mean, these were obviously, you know, men that just wanted to pontificate nonsense. So I'm sure a, a bath bomb and a podcast had never even crossed their mind. But uh, yeah, no, we'll uh, we we'll get it figured out, and I would have to pay for the upgrade on this software to get another person <laughs> in the meeting right now. But that's okay. You know. Well, we could invite them. If we could just have two squares, like we could like ping pong. Like I could have a real life in person guest, and you could have a real life in person guest. I, I wonder. I wonder if we could uh, we could do a collect. We could have Streamyard collect where. You're 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 joining the podcast. You have to pay for the upgrade. That's the uh... 
I say, look, we chop this one up. We send it out with a newsletter and be like, it cost however many dollars it cost. But just, just in the first 10, 10 episodes, budget line and be like to make 10 episodes of this it's gonna cost this much money if you go worse and enjoy shows like the rachel and grant show and i'm sure you need 37.50 okay 37.50 is what's keeping these two humans from talking to other strange humans for just 38 cents a day that's two Maybe we'll have Sarah McLaughlin playing, and yeah, I can I can see it. I can. See it's it. good not to be too ambitious. You know, ah, that's you know, I try, I try, or I try not to try. I don't know, who knows? So this okay. So we're we're ex my ex and me. Me and my ex, they, the best people we know. Me and my ex and the best people. I think that's probably too long. That seems too long. I still kind of like trauma and treats, you know. I definitely think that should be a segment. But um, if you want, if you want that to be up top. This is yours. I mean, I didn't even download the something. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna honestly worry about whether the audio is even worth a shit uh, when we get done before I stress too much on the name. Uh, I've certainly watched a few YouTube videos uh, where where they've they've given me some coaching here. Uh, not that not that I'm taking any of it per se, but uh, all right. Well, welcome to my ex and me and the best people we know slash trauma and treats slash um, bath bombing with Grant and Rachel. Bath bombing could be a fun segment. Yeah, I mean, sky is the limit. Yes. So do uh, glue a bunch of egg cartons to your uh, your bathroom wall or something, but uh, we'll figure it out. You know, why do people come in here when they want to sing? Though they say it's the best acoustics. Well, I mean, we'll find out. I don't know. I'm just going off hustle and flow, man. Hustle and flow. They they stapled a bunch of egg cartons to the wall. But they were in the bathroom. They were not in the bathroom. Well, we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. For sure. At least we had a silly time. If it's a train wreck, at least we had a silly, fun time talking to one another. Yes. What, what more could one want? That is first priority. First priority, just maintaining this relationship with you. I love you. Full facts. So, like, if we're just going to have, would there be a book club or a meetup or just general shenanigans, just riffing off of each other, let's do it. I'm all for it. I, I can already see I can already see the path we're headed down here, which is potentially like just me setting like here, you need a nicer mic. Here, here's what you need for this. <laughs> just like, hey, this is coming in the mail. <laughs> like <laughs> plug it into your thing. <laughs> well, obviously you've been married to me. If you like put it on my to-do list, I'm gonna be like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna get around to that <laughs> Buy something for myself? Absolutely not. That is not yeah, I've been staying already. up close since I was in high school. I can already, I can see it. I can see it. It's all good. All right. Well, um, in that vein, what what would you what would you like to talk about first? Um, 
yeah so then the second part would be really gratitude for water just okay well let me see here i'll make this 12 12 minute thing its own thing and then okay this episode brought to you by Streamyard. thank you Streamyard, for letting us stream your yard are they giving you money <laughs> no, I've, no, no. I mean, they're giving us free a free service to use. So, oh. you know, maybe they'll sponsor us. Maybe they'll be like, "Look, look, they started in the bathtub." They say, "Oh, that was so nice." If he can make a podcast with his ex-wife in the bathtub, anybody can do it. Listen, there are a few bathtub companies that will remain nameless until they are ready to install one. <laughs> Stop. I, I actually have been been considering in, in some of my other uh, podcast efforts just uh just being pretty open about like hey here's a company that i enjoy their hot sauce and they're made in west des moines like maybe they will be a sponsor sometime soon like but uh we we'll see how that goes so before i so rudely moved us on to the next segment here we had mentioned what you wanted to talk about and that was oh my gratitude for water Growing gratitude for water. Yes, please. And thank you. So have you heard or read or even better listen to Robin Wall Kimmerer uh, Braiding Sweetgrass book? Or oh, I mean, I've read it cover to cover probably seven, eight times, I'd say. You must be joking. Because if you had read it, you'd be like, dang, I really did read it twice. And my dad read it, and it was amazing. She'd really like it. Um, So for anybody else listening, free plug for this book, Braiding Sweetgrass, an an indigenous... Braiding Sweetgrass. Yes, braiding. Okay. Um, As you can see, two soapy hands just demonstrated... What I'm assuming is braiding and not a weird sort of cow udder milking experience. I think what we got there was braiding. So just for all you listeners. For just $37 to collect. For just $37, we can upgrade our stream yard and interview other people than our bizarre selves. You whenever see me braiding. You can see oh whoa i don't want to promise the audio or the video too until i really got some editing chops here for 37 dollars, you could see bathtub braiding that's okay? what i'm saying yeah yeah that's what I'm and saying. you know i'm going to take us on a tangent here but i ran into a friend of a friend female who said that she pays a lot of her bills by putting her feet in a bowl of milk on only fans and i just want to put it out there I put it out there sort of in the local poker community at the local casino. But if anyone wants to see my feet in a bowl of milk, you just let me know. Just I'm here for it. I can do it. I'll even drink the milk. Yeah, that's what it takes for the $37 to make this, this podcast, uh, you know, really big. That's, that's, that's something I'm willing to do. Generous. Very generous. All right, so I got us off on a tangent. You were talking about... You don't get a steer. If you go on a tangent, I get a jump. You jump, I jump, Jack. You jump, okay. I jump. 
It's important so, to know your tangent boundaries. My OnlyFans offering. <laughs> when you're sure. ready. Okay. Topless Qigong. I wouldn't say I'm a Qigong teacher just yet. That's sure. Right? Still a student. But as a public academic, if you want to join me, topless Qigong on OnlyFans, let me know. My email. It's you can full. Don't email me. <laughs> uh, you can see Rachel's email. I will put it in the video. Uh, it will be with the braiding. We'll have uh, braiding. Uh, we'll have wheatgrass uh, braiding instructions as well. So. So yeah, I thought about it. That would be. We're gonna be full service. This thing's gonna get out of control. That's what it takes. I'm gonna try to just get an only fan before I get fans. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. But I think if I drink the bowl of milk that I put my feet in, I feel like that's I feel like that's got something, right? Somebody's gotta be into that. I don't know. There are eight <laughs> billion people on the planet. <laughs> there must be. I I mean more than five, but it's about it's about how you reach them. Yeah, I mean that's the big that's why I got that half of a marketing masters I got, right? Is to smoke those people out and you know, get them signed up, get them uh, get them registered. So anyway, you were tan you were tangentialing? Yes. So uh I'm glad you took us on that tangent, exploring what our OnlyFans offering would be. Uh, so, so you we have decided... topless, topless chi, chi gong, mm -hmm. right? Or feet in a bowl of milk. Okay. Right. Grant's feet in a bowl. Unless you're also offering topless chi gong. I, I'm getting in pretty decent shape. I can do topless anything for for fairly low amount of money. You know what? That. If you did it with me, I would do feet in a bowl of milk. So we could do it together. <laughs> I'm fine uh, you know what? topless Qigong by myself, but not we'll let our we'll let our only fan, you know, weigh in on what they want, you know. So let Tom and Topeka tell us, you know, we're going Don't be ridiculous, right? You're going two two percent chocolate milk. What do you want? What are we what are we doing here? We're we're people pleasers, right? I'm I'm still a people pleaser. I'm not fully reformed yet. So I don't think I am, but I also don't want to be of the employee anymore so i'm down for a gig economy and if somebody has a need to see my feet in milk i'm willing to meet that need for a price so yeah yeah oh 100 oh yeah i'm for sale big time interesting i'm i can monetize this meat suit any any old time interesting uh, all right sorry i got us off again where are we at where do you want to be at monetizing meat suits oh. <laughs> no but for real gratitude for water okay so in gratitude braiding, for water okay braiding sweet grass from my memory again if you want to start a book club to maintain this relationship i am down i would need my anxiety to be at a level where i could sit down and read much more than like 30 pages at a time of anything listen to this audiobook while you walk around that sweet sweet park of yours you're gonna enjoy it. She has a very, 
very melodic voice. Sounds like a bedtime. Uh, bedtime. It almost is. Do not read it on a road trip. Oh, that is. Oh, for me to do. For me to do. Do not listen to it on a road trip. Oof. Okay. The gist of it is, is the more gratitude you give something, the more that it will grow. And uh, I am moving very soon, very seriously, very permanently into my grandmother's estate in Wimberley. And the drought in central Texas has only been exasperated by, as you well know, the millions of people who have moved to the Texas Hill Country. So not only yeah. are we in a terrible drought, and we're just waiting for water. There has been a gross overuse of water never seen before. Historic lows of Jacob's Well, historic lows of the Blanco River, and I, uh, I need water to live. Water connects us all. I would like to live well as my grandmother and my great aunt see the rest of their days on this planet so i'd like for it to rain i would like for more water to be in the river and wells so i will take this opportunity to express my gratitude for water in hopes that it will bring more and just in general to appreciate it because it's here it is uh yeah it is it is a little crazy to think that uh all these uh, ice caps are melting and sea levels are rising, but uh, we are also going to experience drought in some places. And it's probably one of the bigger things from keeping me from considering Las Vegas as a place I would move back to is, although that town's got more money than God, right? It would figure out, it'll always figure out how to get water there, I suppose. But uh, in a world in a future where we're continuing to use the money. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think about that sometimes, but then I don't know. If I start thinking about a world where there's no money too much, it makes me kind of eager for that world to come. And then it, and then it feels like it's going to take forever. So. Interesting. Did I just think about what it means to move forward into that future? I think it would get real weird. I think there's, I think, I mean, mental health is already in in such a uh a shambles in this country and then i think if especially i think there i mean uh, in my humble opinion there are a lot of people that that make a lot of money doing things that would not be very useful if there were like no money i mean you know credit card processing and all sorts of you know bankers and I don't know. There's a lot of people that we pay a lot of money now and we give a lot of resources to that would suddenly, I think, have pretty large self-worth crises, I feel like. I mean, weren't the bonuses of Wall Street were just like three times the size of the entire pay of everybody at minimum wage or something? I think I, I just read on the interwebs uh, yesterday. That in and of itself is a mental health crisis. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be, I think it'd be, get a little wild west. You get a lot of those boys that, uh, that think they're pretty hot stuff and suddenly they don't really have a whole lot of applicable skills for the new world. That would be, uh, 
they don't know how to do anything but move money. I don't know. Be weird. Be weird. Well, who's to say that they don't have hobbies? They could start podcasts. <laughs> they could start podcasts. Host could open. Sweet, sweet talk people into giving them microphones to make podcasts. Yeah. They could take up the trombone. I mean, the whole idea, wasn't it, of modernity was to move towards some mechanized utopia. So we don't have to do all of these jobs and we can, in fact, just sit back and have orgies and eat our fresh things because the machines are doing all the work that the people don't want to do. So moving towards that, moving with that in mind, this whole people having a self-worth crisis because they don't have their little jobby jobs, that is a spiritual problem. It will not be solved by money. That is a spiritual problem that will be solved moving closer towards the weather. I feel like maybe we should call this orgies and figs. And it's like, the, it's the counterpoint to bread and circuses, you know? Ooh. You know, like instead of, you know, giving you some wealthy football team owner $5 billion for your circus, you could be having orgies and eating figs. So we're asking everybody to come from their bathtub. Well, I mean, we're asking, I mean, it's going to be hard to fit an orgy in a bathtub. I guess, how do you define an orgy? I guess Roman that, baths. Need... What do you think? Oh, I got, I got you. I got you. I was going to say, we're going to need some some well-endowed men here. Everybody's got to be coming from the bathtub. It's going to be, it's going to get weird. I guess that's what all the figs are for. Exactly. We probably shouldn't call it orgies and figs. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of orgy expertise. I mean, I don't figs really and for podcasts. I don't really even know anything about figs, to be honest. I don't really know anything about either topic. Would you, I mean, out of 10, what would you say your orgy knowledge is and your fig knowledge? I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, and you're welcome. So, if I were to recommend anybody watch porn, First, it would be by what I believe is female-owned, if not female-led, if not female-focused, but Vixen, the porn company. Vixen, uh, sure. Mm -hmm. Somebody fact-check on who's actually making that money. If you want to put it in the show notes, I can look it up later. Oh, yeah, it'll be, yeah. Viewers, no homework. It will be in the, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. We'll give you all the information on your Vixen porn. Don't worry. Be so, Vixen made a porn title, The Best Orgy Ever. Seen ever? It's called The Last Supper. And it is so cute. Boy, no pressure. I can't imagine. Boy. I mean, I think I could probably, uh, there was a time I could probably have been talked into that line of work. But, like. I don't know if I got recruited for something that was going to be promoted as the best orgy scene ever. I feel like that'd be a lot of pressure, you know. It's really good. It's beautifully it's, lit. It's people are true. moving melodically. It's lovely. It's lovely. Well, and then I'm sure they all appreciated water afterwards. You know, I would. To, they yeah. appreciated it. Good to give thanks. Oof. Our ancestors worked so long, just like pumping wells and 
We have all this indoor plumbing where the water comes at just the right temperature, all clean. I'm telling you, if I just get together once a week and say, hey, let's appreciate our water, have better amenities. Yeah. I literally was just looking at a job opportunity that would be with a company with the University of Iowa, and it would be on like maintaining uh, the water quality of various uh, systems for the university. So, yes, Grant, do it. You know what's interesting? Uh, the the pay rate they advertise is is twenty one to thirty six dollars an hour. Okay, uh, that is. Some of that range is entirely acceptable for me to maintain the water for a very wealthy university. Some of that range is not particularly uh, acceptable for me. Uh, you know, the other interesting thing is uh, uh, you're you're like it sounds like you're basically helping the head the head guy in charge. I'm assuming it's a guy, um, the head person in charge, the age pick, and you need to know quite a lot about water. Like, it sounds like they want you to have a very, very strong chemistry background. And I'm like, if you make a brewer of 12 years that specializes in water, feel like he might be underqualified for your potentially $21 an hour job, you may have written a little bit of an ambitious job description. Like, you might have, you might have gotten a little out over your skis. I don't know. I mean, shoot for the moon. So, big ups to that. Well done. I mean, I guess, yeah, I had to write a few job descriptions in my last brewery. And at a certain point, I was like, I feel like maybe we should pay this person more money with everything that we're writing down here. <laughs> this, this this unicorn of a person might want to make more money than this. <laughs> it's a good thing we're in such a crappy industry for pay in the brewing industry. But, uh, I'll uh, I'll complain about that another time. Well, for sure. And maybe to somebody else, because once I heard that all profit was unpaid labor, I uh, have great disdain for people who profit. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes, you should just pay the people who do the work. I guess. You know, funny enough, the co op is. I tried to make uh, an argument about that when a, uh, I've tried to make a, an argument like that at a number of companies I've worked for. And uh, that's not always met with a lot of excitement, but uh, Hey, you know, what are you going to do? We're, uh, we're doing it right now, right? We're going to try yeah. to monetize our, our shenanigans instead of a, uh, well, I am all about starting a nonprofit corporation of some sort where we're just very open that we pay our employees very well and we do not profit. But I'm sure there's a problem with that too. Sorry, I'm in I'm in a bit of a negative headspace today. I can tell you're in a much better place. I don't know why I'm in such a negative headspace. We did just go pick up a freezer for the food pantry we're starting. So um, yeah, life is good. Can't complain. Shouldn't complain. Could complain. Uh, yes, everything is happening exactly the way it's supposed to. <laughs> Your choices are half chance, just like everybody else's. It's true. Not, yeah, I love it so much. Um, so, yes, 
we've done that part said the thank you to the water the jacob's well i'm glad you're doing your food pantry thing it is fun to see you out there doing a lot of things that i've done for jobs yeah you know it's funny too you do this all for free for people and they're like you are this is great you are doing a great job and then you go hey would anybody want to like pay for me to do things like this oh i don't think we got any money for that it's like oh okay okay well, I mean, it was my whole job to coordinate, like, getting freezers for food pantries when I... You were working for the Red Cross? When I worked for Three Square Food Bank in Las Vegas. Oh. For the... I always with... like that they weren't too ambitious. They weren't going for Four Square. It was like, let's just go for Three Square. Let's see if we can get there first. It's just Three Square meals a day. Uh... It was the Hilton's, the Hilton's big, big nonprofit that they put together, which is so oh. wild to me because if Hilton just, just paid their employees, uh, <laughs> there would be fewer people uh, needing for food from the food pantry. Um, yeah. That's, that's an interesting struggle. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't remember. I did I don't know. Oh, who knows? Whatever. I didn't realize it was Hilton related. Yes. Oh, uh, and the winds put up a ton of money. Oh uh, no, I remember it was wind related. Yeah, didn't didn't remember the Hilton part of it. But big question. It is a weird world where uh, we're just not going to tax any of the companies, and then we're just going to hope they give back. It's uh, seems to be going really well. Yeah, especially if you look at a. Uh profit percentage it's practically but it's uh no that's a terrible terrible way it's i, I don't believe it's working at all uh but okay yeah you know yeah. everybody's a critic <laughs> it could be worse <laughs> yeah absolutely uh. absolutely this segment brought to you by hilton hotels not unless they pay us for cutting all this out. <laughs> this segment sponsored, powered by, no, it's right in the top right of my, my thing here. It's powered by StreamYard. We are powered by StreamYard. That's true. I do like the duck. Uh, <laughs> the, duck uh, the duck with the S on his head. Yeah. Rake Mallard. Yes. Uh, were you a Darkwing Duck fan at all? Uh, I can't say that I was. Duckman. I did watch some Duckman. DuckTales. Did do some DuckTales. Oh, yeah, for sure. DuckTales was great. Uh, Darkwing Duck, I liked a lot. Came on, but you had to like, get off Duck. the bus at just the right time. If anybody was lollygagging, you're going to miss the whole thing. But it's on time. All right. Anyway. Got uh, to be prompt. So, you want to do trauma and treats? Trauma and treats. Let's do it. Okay. Do not bring any treats. I do have Waterloo sparkling water, which might actually be from Texas. Waterloo sparkling water, Austin, Texas, close enough. I'm going to claim it as a local treat. Nailed it. I, last night, had myself 10 hop waters from Hop Lark in... Colorado. 
make lovely hop water. And I had three different cheeses from a little family-owned creamery in Mineral Point, Wisconsin, called Hooks. I had originally discovered their 10-year-aged cheddar back when we lived in Las Vegas at the Whole Foods. And I've since visited the creamery. And uh, one of my local IV stores just recently started carrying like 15 different cheeses from this really excellent um, cheese producing company. So I've been, uh, yeah, been eating pretty well all day. And then if my trauma healing overwhelms me, I eat a half a pound of delicious Wisconsin made cheese. I treat myself. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. And I drink a bunch of hot water instead of beer because I was a brewer for 12 years and I'm tired of drinking beer. I love that the most. I love that the most. Now, have you been not drinking from all the alcohol or do you have some alcohol sometimes? Uh, I haven't really been drinking. I had like three or four light beers on the 4th, July 4th, and then there was a really fancy Saison and a nice restaurant in Minneapolis that I had with my pork chop. Um, but so, yeah, since I kind of said, hey, I'm, I'm done drinking, I've sampled two homebrews of a friend's and had five beers in the last what, four months or so. So quite, quite a reduction in my, uh, my alcohol consumption. been nice you know uh being more in touch with your anxiety uh and not just drinking it away has its pluses and minuses for sure but, uh, <laughs> uh you know i suppose this is a beautiful segue to a lot of my anxiety is probably trauma responses <laughs> um, but uh yeah and let's think that Right, let's take a second and all of those little trauma responses that we've uh, acquired throughout our years really kept us alive. I suppose. Uh, so, yes, yeah. it is fact you are not a ghost, sir. Well, you know, it's up for debate. We could go down the Matrix rabbit hole, I suppose. But, yeah, I don't know. You know, it was interesting in trauma. I was noticing my cat, Greg, he loves to go out. And he loves to hunt in like a 10 block radius in my neighborhood. I don't know how he hasn't gotten hit by a car yet. But I put the little flea and tick medicine on his back every month. And it apparently does not make him feel very good. It does a great job of keeping him flea and tick free. But he has elicited quite a trauma response to me even walking towards him even when he sees the kitchen scissors come out which i very rarely bring out he suspects that he's getting the flea treatment um so i started feeding him the fancy food and then putting it on his shoulder blades so now he has a trauma response if i walk up behind him while he's eating a particular kind of food and only that food i have noticed only that that brand it seems like and wow like the power of that is kind of incredible to me i mean just you know he, yeah i don't know he just has uh, he's a very very loving cat very affectionate cat but he has a very visceral response to thinking that 
he might be getting his flea meds. That's we, he will stay away from me for at least a day. Like a cat that absolutely loves to be around me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, in the thinking about trauma, just sort of seeing that response from an animal, uh, uh, you know, that was a stray kitten that I adopted that I think very much kind of sees me as a, as an adopted, uh, caring figure, uh, is very afraid of me dosing him with flea meds. So. So have you changed the flea meds? You gotta get to the I did. I, I did. Okay. Sure. I did. Um, and he seemed more receptive to the last bit of ooze I dumped on his back. <laughs> so, and it seemed to make him feel less bad. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, but Interestingly, you know, if you want to go inception, like on the trauma, I have trauma from needing to traumatize my cat so that we don't have a pile of fleas running around in the house. Um, just because it, it hurts me to see something that a creature that I love and care for uh, be so afraid of me uh, once a month. But... Well, yeah. Well, I'm glad you've uh, treated that trauma. I ate a half pound of cheese. Nailed it. No, no, no. But did you also then change oh. the poison? You did nail it. I changed the flea poison that I dump on his back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's good. If I knew the brand, I would plug it here. And not unless they pay you. Jesus. <laughs> Well, I wonder, can do you think you, Is it three do you think we can, can we reverse engineer sponsors where we go, you know, if only, if only this company that makes this flea and tick. And you could reveal, you can't reveal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't. This is just like our video feed. <laughs> For yes. just $37 a month, flea tech. I would be happy to tell you, tell our listeners or whomever is out there that my cat is less traumatized by your product. That's true. Also, you know, if they're in for samples, I too have a cat. That's true. You've got a beach cat. And he could, yeah. Just you're, you're... traumatized by the flea meds, but there's still time. Nemo Dory. I forget what's his name now. He's He's one of the the characters from Finding Nemo, right? Um, yes, was Ginger, then Nemo, now as all cats is mostly just kitty kitty. Kitty kitty. I got to be careful. I'm going to accidentally call my cat Sapphire here uh, if I say kitty kitty too much. She'll be a. Oh, where's Big Kitty? I'm sure, she's running around. To be clear, we're talking about the same cat. Sapphire should introduce herself as Big Kitty. The BK, yeah. Uh, yeah, shout out to Skip, Skip Scoggins. We should have on the podcast. Haven't talked to him in a while. But uh, raised up, raised up Big Kitty's gray kitty from the litter. So for all of you that don't know the story of our cats... When Rachel and I were first dating, I had the neighbor's cat come over and have a litter of kittens underneath my bed. Now, and that cat 
the neighbor who happened to be a stripper had named her cat Sapphire, but she had moved in with her boyfriend that had numerous pit bulls. So I can see why Sapphire, a.k.a. Big Kitty, did not feel terribly safe um, having her kittens at her house. So she came to live with me. And uh, yeah, we... All credit to Rachel. We I did not end up with three kittens and a cat because I was well on my way to hoarding a pile of cats, I feel like. But um, yeah. So Skip, uh, if you're out there, what's up, buddy? Thanks for taking a cat. Nice. You know, the still the funniest thing ever was my roommate Matt just handed an eight year old girl a cat at the front door. <laughs> yeah, it was not hard giving those kids away. It was not hard. <laughs> it was I don't even know why the neighborhood kids are at the door. Matt just goes, well, we're getting rid of this cat. And I was just like, I think, I don't know. I think back to that. I've been volunteering with the, lo- the local animal shelter lately. And I feel like my friends from from that world would probably find it a, a tad bit irresponsible to just hand a group of small children a kitten. But uh, I mean, that's the responsibility of the eight-year-old. That's fine. You don't have a responsibility for this. I don't know. I mean, I guess tech, technically I didn't even own the cat that had the kitten. So, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. It takes a village, man. You know, sometimes you got to hand a kitten to an eight-year-old. Absolutely. I'm sure that kitten's got some trauma responses now. They're survival responses, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'd bristle if I was getting a, a nice... A nice treat, and then I got some ooze, uh, some sort of ooze on my back. That would be. They're not necessarily thrival responses. <laughs> Survival. I feel like that's what the people on. Uh... What was it? Was it? No, not Survivor. There's the uh, the Naked and Afraid. I got on a Naked and Afraid kick there for a while. Do you remember when I blew your mind when we were watching Naked and Afraid by predicting that one guy's like every interaction with those two girls? That was that was pretty wild. There was, uh, yeah, you were, you were, uh, in a... oddly enough, even though I was in a field with a, a pile of people with mental health issues, uh, you were definitely out out front of the two of us on uh, on dealing with crazy people. That's for sure. Well, for certain. First thing to remember is this society is crazy. So from the very beginning, the cognitive dissonance of somebody writing, uh, you know, we the people without recognizing who in fact are people, uh, it's greatly disturbing from jump. Then you look at psychology, like there is a whole diagnosis for people who ran away from slavery and they were like, well, these people must be insane because you have food and water and shelter. Who would want to run out into the wilderness when you could be kept? Yeah, yeah we're meeting all your needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so, you know, at mm-hmm. some point, you got to just look around and say, oh, well, this whole system's crazy. Do I want to be a cop or do I want to be free? Yeah, it's 
Well, it's interesting lately, you know, I looking at a, at a career change and, um, I don't know. I can kind of come from an Obama place of wanting to be an incrementalist and try to change systems from within. Um, but I feel like getting into law enforcement would be a, would be a grind these days for sure. I think even if you had the best, uh, the best of intentions, I think it'd be a grind. Sure. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I came to understand that social workers were in fact cops, really broke my spirit. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be uh you know, I, I think that's one of the the things just volunteering with, with numerous organizations and just I don't know. I just wish I don't know. I wish I wish wish some of these politicians that were that were passing some of these laws were were actually coming and working with some of these people and just I wish anybody some of these people setting these policies we're actually like getting out in the real world and seeing the ramifications of some of them um, because I feel like they would have difficulty uh, staying on their current path. But uh, I don't know, everybody, you know, you're going to have empathy fatigue if you, uh, if you, you care for too much. Right. So uh, everybody's got to set their, their empathy uh, boundary somewhere, I suppose. All of boundaries. True. Hmm. I don't know about empathy, fatigue, and coming off the end is, oof. Um, yeah, the managerial class, we're talking about politicians. I think if, uh, if the managerial class moved in spaces where they understood what poverty felt like, there would be a lot more class solidarity, which with the disappearance of the middle class, like that's going to be happening more and more, but not really in the uh, empowered choice way. It's going to be in a more of a laid off kind of way. But. You know, that's that's certainly been a struggle for me uh, as I've kind of as I kind of went up the the chain uh, um, in the brewing world was just the. Um, yeah, just sort of wanting to sort of reward, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the people, and not so much, you know, not not it was it was more it would be more motivating to me to spread you know another twenty thousand dollars out between four of my key people than for me to make another twenty thousand dollars, you know, because it's just too it was just too would be too difficult for me to. You know, like the burden of making even more money while I I really exploit other humans. Uh, it's just just a little bit too much for my moral compass uh, to accept. You know, it's it would require me to turn a real blind eye to a lot. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of middle management in a lot of places these days, right? Is you know. They're ha they're having to make the case for for people, and they're getting to see what the the actual floor, what the actual job looks like, and a lot of times maybe even the people upstairs or the the higher ups, they've maybe even done the job before, you know. But it's just been it, 
was too long ago. They did it at just not nearly the same rate and they didn't do it. They, they basically burn out on it. So they hired other people <laughs> and then they're sitting around in meetings going, well, I don't know why everybody's getting so burnt out. You know, maybe we just give their managers bigger bonuses. I don't know. Like that's so true that, life facts of working for the red cross right there. That's real life. Oof. I tell you, disaster responders need to be the next union. They just simply must. I just wonder, you know, I had just kind of a realization the other day, I'm sure it is, isn't news for you, but just sort of the consumer culture that we're in, I just, I just wonder some of the bigger forces, you know, I always want to assume that there's just incompetence over, over just pure evil, but I think, you know, I think just a lot of places are run on the lack of people's self-worth, you know, just people, people being, you know, they, their job is their, I mean, I know a lot of, I think that's where a lot of white men especially are running into, right. Is like, that's, that's what they're valued for in our society is, you know, what big shot job they can go have and how much money they can make. And um, yeah, it's, it just feels like, like, God, it drives me up the wall that there could be human beings sitting around going like, well, let's take advantage of the lack of self-worth these people have, right? Like, let's let's really just use and abuse these healthcare professionals or these, you know, people that work in a kitchen or, you know, anybody in the service industry, right? Anybody that, I mean, heck, police officers too. I mean, I think that's, that to me, it's, I mean, I don't know. In my mind, as someone that's been talking to police officers and, and and looked at that as a potential career path, like I think they're, you know, they feel like they're carrying water for someone making dumb policies too, you know, like they feel like middle managers too, you know. But yeah, for sure. That's a job that shouldn't exist. Like just Oh, I mean, yeah. It's a job that just shouldn't exist. So let oh, yeah, I don't let us well, I mean the small I would go ahead. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I have something to say, but go ahead. I'll remind me. You can remind me. I don't. How? Why did we get divorced? I don't even know. Go ahead. You can go ahead. I'll, I'll try to forget. I'll let, all right, ADHD brain. You got this. Just bank it. You got it. Just don't forget the thing you wanted to say. You got this. The whole point and purpose is to recognize that like you have value just for being alive as a person right you don't have to derive it from something else you don't have to create a good society by telling somebody else how to live you can in fact drink your water mind your business and the world will naturally unfold as it's supposed to without anybody needing to be a hero or a savior or the want to stop it or put it all back together basically cops managers we don't need cops or managers people can drink their water mind their business breathe into the lower belly two inches below two inches behind your belly button and uh what'd you say about following your own moral compass well you know i mean i like i like this utopia you paint uh it's gonna gonna take take a pretty heavy lift with the current crop of humans we have um but well so here hey adhd through. 
here for it. I remember what I was going to say. Well, you know, looking into some of these these little towns in Iowa, like 90% of their calls, 90% plus, I think, are basically calls into 911 that a social work that it's basically social work stuff. It isn't right. Like you're in small towns. Call for community. People are in a relationship crisis and they don't are running out yeah. of ways to relate to each other, saying it's not going well. Yeah. Stuff stuff like that where it's like, yeah, if you're gonna pay me sixty five grand to to you know just do do some occasional uh de-escalation and uh you know help some old ladies across the street like i could be talked into that you know like i don't really need to walk into a firefight or anything but i mean it's small town iowa when do you ever have a firefight you know occasionally you know i mean but okay so we get in like a wild west style gunfight like six seven times a week you know i mean that's you know for 65k yeah but I mean, it's already been decided that cops get to decide whether or not they show up. So you don't have to go to every call. You get to like cherry pick that shit. Like that's been decided by the court. Cops do not Interesting. have to respond to every call. Cops uh, do not have to know your rights. Uh, it's not on them. They can fuck up your rights. That's fine. They can just be like, oh, I didn't know. Um, and don't forget best you must have a good union Are you kidding me it's not really a union per se but that brotherhood Ooh-wee. speaking of which oh man there's so many cop stories we could start a whole nother podcast there's one story of a guy who got called out and he did de-escalate a situation then his partner showed up and shot the guy and one of those officers got fired. <laughs> oh, I mean, if I if I somehow got crazy enough to go into law enforcement, I like you could just start a countdown on when I was going to be fired for, you know, losing <laughs> losing some pork. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, I'd probably get fired for leaving my gun in the car all the time, to be honest. I mean, I just don't, I just don't know what you expect from people if you roll around in dark vehicles and body armor and armed all the time. Like, I don't know. I don't know why you're surprised when, uh, when people meet you with, uh, fear, trepidation and or potential uh, aggression. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say you're not cowardly enough to be a cop. So just put that fantasy behind you well i do live in a very progressive city or pretty progressive city um college town i was thinking about trying to talk to them if they could give me a pink car with glitter i would fire off a glitter gun anytime i showed up at a call if i thought it was necessary and then i would i would not have any body armor or a gun and i would just go talk to people but i don't know with the pending mental health crisis I'm not sure that's a field I want to find myself in. Well, as I say, uh, this entire country is founded on mental health crisis. So do not despair. It's been terrible (laughs) since forever. It's just our turn. It's just our turn. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I do always watch those uh, Wild West movies and I just go, Boy, everybody had to be just hot, miserable, dirty, and drunk all the time. Like, because all it was was slaughter. It was constant 
slaughter of human people. There were whole civilizations. We were just Genghis Khaning our way across the continent. It was bad. Oh, I, it was real bad. That's you know, I I found it funny. I was telling a friend who wanted to get into like you know local good causes. I was like, you don't even know the steps, the hoops I had to jump through to just be able to like help out with some stray cats. Like I had to have a full background check. I had to wait weeks. I had to go to a two plus hour training. I mean, if I want to go help feed some people at the food bank, interact with all sorts of people in my community, I don't even, I don't even need, there's no, I mean, I had to take an online test to work with it. And I was just like to work with the animals. And I was like, guys, I freaking love animals. I love cats, especially. But like, you know, you're just around people that are like, oh God, I mean, if someone takes this cat and they somehow hurt it or whatever, it will be the end of the world. And I'm like, we have actual freaking people a mile down the road that are really hurting here, guys. Like, I love cats too, but like, you know, I just, maybe we got our priorities a little out of whack here, you know, like, you know, 48 kittens just came into the shelter. Like. I say just give everybody a kitten. Just, I mean, they're, we're the, we are the slaughterhouse state in Iowa. Like, you know, you're that worried about this cat? Go go look at any of those conditions. I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. There's just, I don't know. Sometimes I just have trouble with just the the, the selective empathy or what sort of we as a we as a group are going to decide would just be the worst thing in the world. Um, versus what we're just like, eh, you know, that's whatever. Oh, oh, the, you know, the, uh, the slaughterhouses are betting on how many other workers are going to die from COVID. No, eh, whatever, whatever. Children now too. Doesn't Iowa have some, uh, Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we were getting short, on, we were getting short on adult labor. Uh, sure. so I, I mean, forbid you improve any working conditions. Well, and you know, the kittens, they're just a, a tax on society. So we have to get the children to work now. I mean, that's just logical this is that same this is the same argument that like florida's teaching now right i mean this is building character you know it's building character for these kids my my parents generation though they'll talk about they got sent out into these cornfields to do detasseling and it sounds like it was a gnarly gnarly gig for like no money yeah yeah, but you'll just talk to some people around around these parts, uh, not my parents specifically. You'll talk to some people around these parts, and they're just like, ah, oh, you know, these kids today, they're so soft, their hands are soft. And I'm like, isn't that what, what isn't that what we were working for? Isn't that? Fresh pigs and orgies, that's what we're talking about. Wasn't what that what Yeah, it's like you're going to work so hard to make things better for the next generation. And then when the next generation has a better life, you're going to be like, ah, oh, these, they're freaking soft and worthless, you know, like. I don't listen to those people. They're bitter. They're sad. They're going to come around again. I hope. I hope they find the joy and compassion that already lives inside them and allow that joy and compassion to permeate and inspire their every action. This is, I'll quote uh, Bill Murray from Groundhog Day. Gosh, you're a positive lady. Well, I'm quoting the Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams and a prayer that she wrote after the World Trade Center. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's true. She was talking about it's a time to uh, 
extinguish anger and reject violence as a way. And I was like, what? I could use some of that. You know, it's it's funny. I was I was talking to a friend the other day, and we were talking about. I was potentially going to go on a trip. I ended up not going to Colorado, but we were going to do like some crazy whitewater rafting thing and some other stuff that, you know, would be sort of kind of thrill seeker stuff in nature. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm one of the few people that I feel safer around people than I do with like untamed nature, you know, because animals, uh, whitewater rapids, whatever, you know, like I can't talk them down, you know, like I can't, I can't. You know, I can't put out a, a, not that I know of, at least a, a relaxed energy around a black bear, you know, but like I can, I feel like I can, uh, you know, I can, I can talk to a person, right? Like if a person speaks the same language as I do, especially like I can generally probably talk them not into doing particularly dangerous things to me. Um, but I can't say that about, you know, I mean, even orcas, I freaking love orcas, but you know. Now we hit one of them with a, with a boat and now they're pissed, you know, like, uh, I think, yeah, some of my, my control needs from some of my trauma, uh, make people the safest bet for me, you know, which I feel like not many people would say, would you say that you feel particularly safe around people or? Well, I will quote you back to you say, <laughs> Gee, the world likes to interact with those differently. That's fair. So there's that. I will also like to uh, let our viewers know that if we rewind the recording just a little bit, as Grant's talking about uh, subduing nature, I roll my eyes so hard. Because <laughs> one of the first parties he came to, Jenna Pywell's house, shout out Janet in Austin, Texas, uh, Grant was around a bunch of people and subdued a stranger by sitting on top of him. I did. I drunkenly sat on a man that got unruly. We didn't know who he belonged to. We don't know how we got there. <laughs> I think he might have been looking for a, our neighbor's house at the time. Was it New Year's? I feel like it was a time when everybody was drunk. That's, uh, you know, those are the, those are the days I got old enough where I'm like, I, even when I was still drinking a fair bit, I was like, I don't go out on amateur hour. I don't do the amateur days anymore. Like, yeah, you know. certainly, certainly a house party on new year's Eve. I'm sure of it. I remember he was a Philadelphia Eagles fan and I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I don't know. It was a strange interaction. I remember, but I remember my, my roommate, because didn't we have my roommate Jason along? That sounds accurate. Yes. Yeah, I can't Jason was there. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like sitting on him and holding his arms. And, like he was like squirming around a lot. I was debating if I should punch him in the face or not. It was weird. 2011. What a time to be alive. We were so innocent back then, you know. It's different times. I rented a four-bedroom house that was only twelve hundred dollars a month. Me and three other girls. I paid three hundred dollars a month for a house on South Congress. It was far south of seventy one, but South Congress nonetheless. Yeah, that probably ain't that ain't happening in the Austin area anymore. That's for sure. Oh, no, it's all condos down there. Wow. 
Well, there was a while there where I was watching all my friends on Facebook. They were trying to buy houses. Talk about it. they were putting in offers twenty five percent over the over the asking price, and they were getting turned down. Wow! Which I do remember in Newton, Iowa. My the first home I tried to buy, um, I showed up as for sale by owner, and I offered to match their asking price, and they wanted to sell that weekend, and they took someone else's offer. And I was like, I showed up and told you I would take it for what you wanted, and I can't have it. The housing market is a weird, weird place. But yeah, it got real squirrely there in Austin. I'm sure it's calming down with the rates rising a little bit. But I mean, at some point, no one will be able to avoid. No one will be able to live in any house. I mean, I just heard the other day, 50% of Iowa City is owned by investors. I mean, what? Are, I mean, we're just gonna. It's futile. Everything. It's futile. Everything's just going to be an empty Airbnb or like, I'm just. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get weird. I don't know. I think it's going to get weird. It is weird. It is already weird. It's going to get weirder, I think. Well, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here to be in the water with it. Uh, this time about to, maybe next week about to, maybe the pool, maybe the ocean. I don't know, but I'm excited. I'm excited to we'll do see. it again. Feel like we hit all of our little marks. Hopefully, we will chop this up into a tight thirty minutes. I'll I'll have to sift through it here and see. Uh, At least half of it can go. Probably, yeah. But yeah, once I take once I take a trip to Negative Town, once I go, wedding crashers take a trip to Negative Town. I'll just I'll just put all that on the cutting room floor. You know, I think whenever you listen back to it, you're going to realize it's not that negative, especially if you look at you know what's out here. It's a it's a nightmare. Maybe, maybe it's me driving us to negative town. Um, but that's all right. We'll start with so, news in the future. All right. So how would we wrap up one of these episodes? Um, with a prayer. Okay. The way you are swallowing your entire mouth right now is mm-hmm. 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 so mm-hmm. How, yep. how would you wrap it up i guess uh you know what i i would actually probably quote one of the great prophets of our time I would end with personally my parting advice this episode and every episode would be from a like I said just a a scholar that I really look up to um, Van Wilder and it would be uh, don't take life too seriously you'll never get out alive you attribute that to Van Wilder <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he says it to Tara Reed. Yeah. The other great quote in that movie for me is it's a good day to die, McDougal. Um but you know, I didn't didn't want to end it on that note. So uh yeah, I believe it was a it was it was a some sort of famous actual uh, literary uh, giant that that may have said that. Not it's a good day to die, McDougal. Uh, the other. 
Rachel looks like she's swallowed two mandarin oranges in her cheeks right now. <laughs> oh, man, I got to get it together. I got to get the 3750 so we can have the video. I express so much, so much verbally, <laughs> so much non verbally. So people deserve to see me in the bathtub. Uh, you deserve I'm, to see me topless cheek on without paying for that. No, for sure. I mean, well, I mean, you hey, do what you do what you want to your body, but um, yeah, no, I am not camera worthy right now. I'm like leaning forward with a light pounding down on my head uh, because I don't even have a, a mic, uh, like that I can really adjust. Uh, and who knows if I'm holding it it's the right place? You know, um, um, your skin looks great. Your forehead looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Not 65 pounds since February. Yeah, feeling sleek. Tickety dog. Yeah. It's a little depressing. I will I will just say that I'm sure I'll, some podcast listeners can laugh about this. To lose 65 pounds and still be fat. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. That's a thing you can do. Listen, you don't need to be out here bragging to everybody. All the time. That I'm still fat after losing 65 pounds. Listen. Is that a, is that a status symbol in, the, in this world now? Listen. One, we no fat shaming on the podcast. So go ahead and clip this and put it at the oh. beginning. Let everybody know that is not what <laughs> we will be doing here, Grant David Hoyer. So. Well, I should just give my social security number out too. Jeez. But your full government. Um, so that's why I would like to end the show by complimenting and scolding you. I can't think of a better way to end the first episode of a podcast with my ex wife than a bizarre compliment scold sandwich. I just. How did we ever get divorced? I, it baffles the mind. It's, I'm sure, if if and when we we develop a lot of uh you know avid listeners, they'll probably be able to give us some nuggets. Uh, they'll probably be able to give us some insights that we don't we don't currently possess. You know, we're just too in, too involved in the project. I assume. All right. These are the last words I ever say. I love you. Bye. <laughs> I love you too. Bye.